Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Pastor Mick for the opportunity and for everybody that put this together this morning. Thank you so much. You all do an awesome job every time we do an outside service. I told Caitlin last week, I was like, man, we must have liked them so good. We got to go back out again. This week, it feels like it's a little bit warmer, though. So I'll let you all decide. 
Um, but this morning we're going to read from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. We're going to speak on just a few minutes the topic, Divine Interruptions. The Bible says in Acts 9, 1 through 9, it says, Meanwhile, while Saul was still uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers, so he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Pay attention to verse 3. It says, As he was approaching to Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse 5 says, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him to the land to the hand, by the hand to Damascus. Verse 9 says, He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this day that you have blessed us with, God. Thank you for every person that you have brought here this morning, God, and for this opportunity that you have given me, Lord, to bring your word. I pray, Father, that you meet with us in a special way. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you dwell among us and you capture our hearts this morning, Lord. I pray, God, that you touch the hearts of every person here, God. Let us receive from you, Lord, and leave this place differently than when we came, God. And Father, I humbly ask for your anointing. I ask that you help me to decrease so that you may increase, God. And I pray, Lord, again, have your way in this place. Do something special among your people, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I would say if you're standing, you can be seated, but if you're in your car, you're already seated. So... Um, but no, again, this morning I'm so thankful to be here with you all and uh, thankful for this opportunity to bring the Word. Um, I like being outside here. It's a little different. This is my first time preaching outside, so, you know, it's a learning experience. I've already got sweat in my eyes, so if y'all think I'm up here crying and being real spiritual, it's just sweat. So, you know. But anyways, this morning we're going to talk about a topic um, entitled Divine Interruptions. And we're all familiar with what interruptions are. In our lives, especially me, I'm the type of person when I sit down to study, especially for school, I don't like to do that. It's not one of the top, not one of the things that's on the top of my list to do. Um, so when I sit down to study, it's like all of these interruptions start to come up, and I'm like, oh, I need to take care of that, or oh, I need to count the tiles on the floor. I need to, this TV show that's been on that I've recorded for a week. It's about ready to get deleted, so I probably need to go watch that first before I study. And then 45 minutes later, after I've watched my TV show, and then I'm like, okay, well, that's over. Now I've got to study. So there's all sorts of interruptions. We're all familiar with what an interruption is, but it's defined as this. An interruption is to cause or make a break in the continuity or uniformity of something. It means to break off or cause to cease, as in the middle of something. It means to stop a person in the midst of doing 
or saying something. So that's what an interruption is. It's, it's a break in the continuity or uniformity of something. It's to break something off. It's, it's to stop someone before they say or they do something. That is what an interruption is. And this morning there are two types of spiritual interruptions that occur in our lives. And the first of those interruptions that occur are interruptions that are used by Satan to get our eyes off of Jesus and, more, and our eyes more so on what's going on in our lives. A lot of times Satan uses temptations in our lives, and that is an interruption. That's something that comes up in our lives, and it seems like it seems pleasing for a moment. It seems like something we want to engage in for a moment. It seems good. It seems pleasurable. And we think back to the garden. Eve was uh, Eve was tempted by the serpent, and that was an interruption that had come up in her life. So a temptation is an interruption that is used by Satan, an interruption that Satan will also use. He throws up lies in your mind. He, he, he puts you down and he'll tell you, you know, you're not good enough. God couldn't love you. You're too far gone. There's nothing that you could ever do to, uh, to, to be saved. There, you're, you're too far gone. You've done too much. You're not worthy. And Satan throws up those things in our lives and they disrupt the move of God in our lives. They disrupt the relationship that we have with Jesus. So Satan uses interruptions. But on the flip side of the coin, there is also a divine interruption that Jesus uses to grab a hold of our attention, to capture our heart, to do something in our lives that will affect change. And we're all familiar this morning with, with the story of Saul. We know Saul was a Pharisee. And the Bible says that he was a Pharisee and his family was Pharisees. So Saul is in this. Saul was like a kind of a high-ranked guy. Saul knew the law and he adhered to the law. He, he lived his life by it. Paul was to the book, to the point this is how I'm living my life. So much to the point where he went to the high priest and he got papers and permission from the high priest to go to Damascus and, and bound those who were claiming Jesus as the Messiah, who were, the Bible says, who were those that were of the way. And he was going to Damascus. He was going to capture them, bring them back to Jerusalem in chains and punish them. Saul was the guy that was present when Stephen was stoned to death. So we read here in verse, nine, in verse 1, this was just after Stephen was martyred. And here Saul, the Bible says, he was still uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So it didn't even affect Saul. Saul was like, all right. We're taking care of Stephen. Now let's go take care of some other people. So that's, Saul was all about this. That was the life that Saul lived. But Saul had an interruption. One day on the road to Damascus, he has him and his entourage. They've got papers and permission in hand. They're going into Damascus, and they're going to bring some people back for persecution. And Paul had it in his mind. This is what he was going to do. This is what he had permission from the high priest to do, and that's what was going to get done. But on this road to Damascus, Paul's life was divinely interrupted by God. And from that moment forward, Paul's life was never the same. Paul's, his, his whole life changed. His message changed. The influence that he had 
had on people changed. The way that Paul lived, it changed. The way Paul believed changed. From that moment of Paul's divine interruption, his life was never the same. And this morning, that's what I'm going to talk about. That's what I want us to understand. Sometimes God divinely interrupts our lives to get something across to us, to get a message across to us, to change up our lives, to shake up the way that things are going for us and put us in the middle of His will. So this morning, that's what we're going to talk about. But the first thing we have to understand about divine interruptions is that they will inconvenience your flesh. A divine interruption is not necessarily a bad thing. We think of an interruption, it's kind of got a negative connotation to it. We don't like to be interrupted. If, we, you know, if I've got my mindset on something, I'm doing something, I don't like to be interrupted. I, I'm just that type of person. But this is a good type of divine interruption, but sometimes it'll be inconvenient to your flesh. Because see here, Saul thought he was doing right. The people with Saul was like, all right, let's go. You know, we're going with Saul. We're doing right too. And in his flesh, it must have felt right. I think it must have because that's what he was used to. That's what he did. And here he's got permission from the high priest. And the high priest was highly respected in that time anyways. So here's Saul thinking, all right, you know, I'm doing what I should be doing. This is, this is okay, you know, this is, this is what I was made to do. But on that road to Damascus, a great light shone and a voice cried out to Saul and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's life was divinely interrupted there. It wasn't convenient for his flesh. Everything that was normal to Saul was changed in an instant. Everything that Saul knew up to his life at that point was going to change from that point forward. Everything about Saul changed. It was an inconvenience to his flesh. Not only, not only was his life divinely interrupted and God spoke to him, but he was blinded. And the Bible says that he didn't eat. As they took him to Damascus, he, 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 was, his, his, he was inconvenienced in his flesh, and that's how I would like to think about that. And another thing we have to think about as well is when, as God told Saul, he said, go into Damascus and meet Ananias. So Saul's like, okay. Then God speaks to Ananias. And I think it's kind of funny what happens here because God speaks to Ananias and Ananias is like, whoa, God, what are you doing here? Are you trying to kill me? Like, is that, what, is that what's happening here? And sometimes that's what it feels like. When our life is divinely interrupted, it's like, whoa, God, what are you doing here? Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's stop and let's, let's rethink about this, God. Let's, let's rethink. Is your plan like, are you sure, God? Like, come on, this isn't what I had planned. And sometimes that's how it'll feel. When God divinely interrupts our life, it's not convenient for our flesh all the time. It'll make us feel uncomfortable. It'll make us feel, it's just, it's, it's, it'll make you feel different. It's something that will make you feel uncomfortable. So God speaks to Ananias, and Ananias knows Paul, or knows Saul at that point, but he knows of his reputation, and he's like, hey God, uh, doesn't he have permission to kill people like me? Like, is that not something he does? So uh, why, are you, why are you doing this? And God speaks, to, God speaks to Ananias, and I think this is some of, the, some of the coolest words that speaks to God's character and it will speak to us today. God says no. He said, Saul is a chosen vessel of mine that is going to proclaim me to the people. In a few words, that's what God says. And I think that's interesting because I believe this is that that was God's plan for Saul all along. From the time that Saul was conceived up until that point, that was God's plan for Saul. 
And nobody else saw that. Saul himself probably did not understand that. Ananias definitely did not understand that. But God understood that. That was God's intention and God's plan. And I want you to understand something this morning. If you're struggling with the call of God on your life, you feel God is calling you to do something, you feel prompted to do something, or maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, and you feel that tug at your heart and you're like, wow, what is going on? I'm uncomfortable. This doesn't feel right. I want you to think for a moment, could this be God getting my attention this morning? And when we allow God, when we fully surrender our hearts to God and say, you know what, God, interrupt my life. Do what you want to do in my life, God. Do what you want to do through me. That is when the work of God begins to really show in our lives. That is the moment when we move in to the place of purpose. That is the moment when we move into the place of anointing. And we, and we fulfill that purpose that God has for our lives. So a divine interruption is not always convenient for our flesh. But I want you to understand something this morning. It may be inconvenient for your flesh, but I want to encourage you to trust God and trust His plans. Even though He, it, the Bible says that His ways are not our ways, His thoughts are not our thoughts. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to understand, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. It doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem good. It's inconvenient for me at this time, God. I encourage you, trust His plan. Trust His plan. And it's not all, And uh, in addition to it not making a whole lot of sense to you, sometimes it's not going to make sense to other people around you. Other people around you are going to be like, what in the world are you doing? What are you thinking? Why are you doing this? You heard from God and that's what God is telling you to do? Well, apparently so. If you've heard from God and you know that that is what God has, pour, has poured into your spirit, has spoken over you, then man's opinion does not matter. And that's something that's hard. That's something difficult. And I'm going to talk to you all at the end of this. I'm going to kind of tell you my experience with this, but I'm going to tell you something real quick here. It's difficult. I'm the type of person that likes to get opinions from other people about what I'm doing so I know that what I'm doing is right. You know, I'm... I'm I'm just that type of person. I don't know everything, so I need some help. And it's hard for me when I feel like this is what I should be doing, but I'm getting conflicting opinions as to what I feel like I need to be doing in my heart. And sometimes that's hard. We have to trust the plan. We have to trust that God knows what He's doing, and we have to trust in God's ability to keep us. So number two this morning is that divine interruptions will require your whole heart and full submission. What am I talking about? Well, it's not easy to have God interrupt your life and say, this is what I want you to do, or this is, this, this is where you need to go. And it's difficult for us to understand that sometimes. From this point forward in Saul's life, Saul made it a point to surrender his life to God no matter the circumstances. We understand that Paul is this guy, he, he's really talked up. Paul is one of these guys, that uh, he's one of my favorite people to read about in the Bible. Paul wrote a whole lot of the New Testament, so I like what Paul wrote. Paul is this guy, you know, we, I, I think pretty highly of Paul. I think he's got a lot of good things to say, and I think his story is cool, but Paul went through some difficult things in his life. You read through most of the New Testament, and we reread 
where Paul was in prison. Paul was beaten. Paul was hungry. He was thirsty. Paul, he, he went through a whole lot of junk because this is what he chose to do. He chose to surrender to that, to that interruption that God had put into his life. He chose to surrender to that call that God had placed on his life. So I want you to understand this morning, it's not always going to be easy when God said, this is what I want you to do. This is your purpose. This is where I would have you to go and what I would have you to do. This is what I would have you to say. It's not always easy to do, but it requires our full surrender and our whole heart, and it's not always easy to do. Paul was surrendered to God unto the point where he said in Romans 12 and 1, he says, I beseech you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Here is Paul, this, and this is what he was saying. He said, We're going, I'm going to live my life as a living sacrifice. I'm going to crucify my flesh and I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to live in His will for my life. And that wasn't always easy for Paul. In Philippians 4 and 13, we all know that and we love that verse. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the verses that come before that, I think, are so profound because they lead up to that statement. Prior to that verse, Paul was saying, I know what it's like to live on the mountain. I know what it's like to live in the valley. I know what it's like to go hungry and to be fed. I know what it's like to be thirsty. And I know what it's like for my thirst to be quenched. Paul knew what it was like to live up here on a spiritual high. And praise God, I'm so glad to be here. Life is great. It's a beautiful day. Heave ho, let's go. Paul knew what it was like to live that life. But Paul also knew what it was like to sit in a prison with Silas chained and singing hymns to God at the midnight hour. Paul knew what it was like to be up here and down here. Paul was fully surrendered and wholly dedicated to God in his life. He was wholly surrendered to the purpose and to the will of God in his life. And I want you to understand something this morning. The divine interruption that God, that God does in your life, it's going to require surrender. And it's going to require your whole heart. And I want you to understand something. You're not going to be able to handle it on your own. When you get in the will of God, it's not you on your own and God saying, yeah, they're doing a good job. When you get in the middle of the will of God and you're doing what you know what God wants you to do, God is right there with you. And He is helping you. He is strengthening you. He is anointing you. And He is preparing you for what He would have you to do. So know that you're not alone in the midst of the will of God. God is with you. There was never a moment where Paul was alone. In, in, no matter where Paul was at, if he was up on the mountain and everybody's like, Hey, Paul, we love you. God was there. And when Paul was in the prison with, with Silas, and he was chained up, and he was singing praises to God, God was just as much there in the prison as God was there on the mountaintop with Saul. And I want you to understand, it may feel like God has left you alone, but He has not left you alone this morning. You're not going through this life on your own. He sticks closer than a brother. And the Bible gives us this promise that God will never leave us, nor will He forsake us. And the Bible goes further to say God is not slack concerning His promises. So that's something I want you to understand. But, but living your life in this in the full surrender to God, it's not always going to be easy. It's going to be difficult, but it's worth it. Surrender is no easy task because as human beings, 
We like to be in control. I like to know, I, you know, I like to be in control of my situation. I like to know everything that's going to happen, what to expect, what I need to do, what everybody else around me needs to do. Like I'm the type of person, I'm a little bit of a control freak. And I, I kind of have a hard time letting, letting go of my control. I have a hard time surrendering sometimes because I don't know everything. God, you know, God kind of just, you say, well, this is what I want you to do. God doesn't give us the full plan. He just kind of says, well, this is what I want you to do for now. And that's kind of hard for me because I'm like, God, what's the big picture here? And probably if I got the big picture, I'd be like, okay, um, nope, I'm done. That's, that's okay, thanks. So sometimes it's hard for us. Surrender is not easy. It's, it's in our human nature to control things and, and be in control and want to do that. It's, it's human nature. We're people like that. And um, it's difficult for us to crucify our flesh and say, you know what, God, I'm surrendering to you. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what I've got to do, Lord, I'm going to do it because you want me to. And because I love you, Lord. Because you first loved me. So a divine interruption and God's call on your life will require surrender and submission and commitment to God. We all want the divine encounters with God. That sounds really good. You know, I want God to show up in my life. I want God to do great things. I want God to be present and be with me. That's, that's cool. I love that. But here's what we kind of miss out on. We all want those encounters, but few will follow through with the, with the commitment and surrender that must follow that. Everybody's like, yes, I want the encounter, but I'm, I'm not so sure about all the commitment. I'm not sure about surrendering my will to His and doing what He wants me to do. So it's difficult, and it requires surrender. It requires submitment. Further than that, a divine interruption with God will change your life. Acts 22, 3-5 tells us what Saul was like, the type of man that he was. The Bible says, Then Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. As this student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women, and throwing them in prison. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the followers of the way from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. So that kind of sets us up and gives us the mindset, the type of man that Saul was. Saul was a Jew. Saul was a Pharisee. This is the life that Saul lived. He lived up and was brought up in the law. He lived his life according to the law. It was the life that Paul lived. He was dedicated to it. He knew it. He knew it better than probably a whole lot of people. Saul was dedicated to this. It was his life. But everything changed in a moment. Everything changed when God showed up in his life and, and, and interrupted what he was doing. God changed his life. Everything about Paul changed. Paul's message changed. It was no longer a message of adherence to the law. This is what you have to do or this is what's going to happen. It was no longer, you know, it was no longer that. His message changed to love and grace. His message changed to Christ and Him crucified. Paul's message changed. Everything about what he believed changed in that moment. Paul was not the same man that he was before the, his encounter in Damascus. He was changed. He was different. 
And in addition to Paul's life, like I said, his message was changed. The way that Paul preached, the way that Paul met with people and encountered people, it changed. His attitudes changed. Paul was not the same man that he used to be. He was different. And that's what's going to happen. When God interrupts our life, it affects change. Something should change in us. Something should be different. But I find it interesting here because Paul was a man of influence. And Paul had a reputation among people, or Saul did. Saul had that type of reputation like, oh, he's, a, you know, he's pretty fierce. He's, you know, I know what he does. I've heard about him. But I find it interesting that Paul's influence, it, it, it changes as Paul goes on further in his ministry. He, he, people, people think of him differently because everything changed about him. His life changed. And that's what's going to happen to us when we allow God to come into our lives and interrupt us. God's going to change something in us. And, and a lot of times, especially in Pentecost, I think something that, something that happens is we like the move and the emotion of God. We like for, you know, we like for the Holy Spirit to descend on us and we'll dance, we'll shout, we'll run. We'll do that all day because those things are great and they feel great. And I love those things. I love, I, I, I love that. I love the emotion of Pentecost. I love the emotion of the move of God. Those are, that, that's great things. I love that. But I think a lot of times that's, that's, that's all that we ever experience. Our emotions never, never go further to, to change us. You know, we experience the emotion, the emotion, and the emotion feels good, but kind of like surrender. We like what feels good, but when we have to change, that's when it becomes a little bit difficult for us. That's when we become a little bit more uncomfortable when we're like, and we're like, you know what, I, I, I don't have to change. Like, that's not horrible about me. But I want you to understand something. If God's pointing something out to you, and this is me too. I'll, I'll go ahead and point my finger at me too. If God's pointing out something to us, and we, we kind of feel that conviction. We're like, oh, something needs to change. Or something's not right here. Then something needs to change. Something has to change about us. And God helps us through that process. But change is not always easy for us. But it should happen when we encounter God. Our encounters with God should be more than just emotional. They should affect change in our lives. There should be something that's different about us so all the time when I pray you know God meet with us Holy Spirit be with us and do something special in this place there are a few times that I will ever forget to pray let us leave this place differently than when we came here because there are things in our lives that we hold on to there were things in our lives that we go through that that, that, that need to change and if something in our lives don't honor God and they disrupt his will in our lives then it needs to change so our emotion, our, our encounters with God should go further than emotion. They should affect change in us. Everything about Jesus affected change and the people that He encountered. While Jesus was on earth and involved in ministry, every, he, everything that He did changed lives. It changed situations. Jesus encountered people who were sick and they left healed. Jesus encountered people who were full of the devil and He he broke that bondage. Jesus encountered people who were oppressed and down, and He broke that bondage. And Jesus encountered people who were dead, and He brought them to life. Everything about Jesus changed people's lives and situations, and it should not be any different today. That change is a process. A lot of times it's not going to happen in the snap of a finger and overnight. It's a process. It's something that we have to wholly and fully rely on God for. And that's something I want to drive home tonight. If we are 
you know, if we're allowing God to say, God, you know, do what you want to do in my life, interrupt my life, change my life, then it's a process that's going to take our full surrender and full reliance on God for Him to help us through that process. Because on our own, in our flesh, we're not strong enough to do it. I'm not strong enough to change all the things about me that God's, you know, that need to be changed. I need some help. I need the Holy Spirit. And you do too. And then lastly, divine interruptions are not just for you, but they're for the people that you will encounter. Everything about Paul changed. Paul was a man of influence. People knew him. That Paul, had a rep Paul had a reputation. But all of that changed. Paul's life was changed after this encounter with God. And because of that, Paul touched people's lives. He, he mentored Timothy. He went and ministered to churches. And these people in these churches took what Paul said and they believed it and they received it and they tried. They, they lived it. These people thought highly of Paul because he went, his life was changing. He affected people. And if I could get the praise team to come back up here, I'll finish here. But Paul's life affected people. And when we allow God to move in our lives and say, you know what? God, you do what you want to do in my life. I'll surrender to you. I'll, I'll you know, whatever it looks like, God, I just want to give my life to you in whole, full surrender. I'll commit my life to you, Lord. Then you are going to affect people. The Holy Spirit inside of you should flow out and affect people that you encounter. The way that you live, the way that we talk, the way that you know, the way that we think should be different, and they should affect people. So Paul allowed God to work through him, and his life changed. And Paul reached people because of that change that God affected in his life. Because Paul was in the middle of the will of God. He was fulfilling his purpose and Paul was reaching people. And still today, we've looked at, we've looked at Acts, we've read about Paul. And then we read through most of the New Testament and we continue to read Paul's letters. And they're still affecting people today. And I want you to understand something. The divine interruption is not just for you. God's call in your life is not just for you. God's call on my life was not just for me. It was for other people. It was so I could go and change somebody else's life. And I want you to understand that that's the same for you. God, God didn't save you just for you to, you know, go. I say this all the time, I feel like, but I really believe it. God didn't save you for you to go home, sit in your room, and curl up in the corner with your Bible and, and pray till Jesus comes. God saved you so that you could go out and make disciples. God saved you so that you could go out and help somebody through something that you went through. Somebody needs to hear your testimony. Somebody needs to see the change that God made in your life because they're thinking, well, you know, I've gone too far. I've done too much. God couldn't possibly save me. God needs, there's somebody that needs to see the change that God has made in your life. And I told you all that I will talk to you about my experience with this. And I'm going to make it real quick. I won't keep you much longer because I know it's hot and I'm sweating to death. But I encountered, I had this inter interruption with God in 2018. I was a senior in high school and I was like, you know, I, I kind of felt the call of God on my life. And I was like, this is, you know, I, I, I felt that tug in my heart. I felt ministry was something that I should be involved in. But I kind of suppressed that. I was like, nah, you know, it's, don't worry about it. It's, you know, it's, it's probably just you. It's not God. 
So for my entire senior year, I kind of suppressed that. I, I had went, applied to Marshall University, got into their nursing program. I had my Promise Scholarship sent to Marshall. Everything was set up for Jacob to go to Marshall. Yeah, praise God, go her. You know, I was going to Marshall. That was my thing. I had my dorm made out and everything. I was looking at dorm stuff. But in May of 2018, in my senior year, God interrupted my life and I couldn't stand it any longer. I prayed and I pled with God. I was like, what is going on here, God? Is this really what you want to do in my life? And at that point in May 2018, I decided I'm going to surrender because I can't do this. I can't keep doing this anymore. I've got to surrender. So in May 2018, I said, you know what? I'm not going to Marshall. I'm going to Southern 30 minutes down the road. And then a little bit later after that, David came up to me and I had the opportunity to say, yes, I'll be the youth pastor here at this church. My life changed because I said, God, I'm going to surrender to you. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy thing for me to show up and talk to my parents and say, well, hey, guys, things are a little bit different now. Because when I told you all the conflicting opinions, well, understandably so. So my parents were like, you've already set all this up. What are you doing? But they were supportive and they said, you know what? If you feel this is what God wants you to do, then do it. And I said, well, this is what I feel that God wants me to do. And that day, I started this journey that I've been on for almost two years. My life changed because of a divine interruption. And your life can too. So this morning, what I'm simply going to ask you is, I'm going to give this, do two things here. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you this opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, and I talked about it earlier, you feel that tug at your heart. You feel that uncomfortable feeling that something needs to change in me. I've got to surrender my life to something that's greater than myself. I feel something tugging at my heart every time I show up at this church. Every time I walk in the door, I just feel uncomfortable. I was there too. I pretty well bawled my eyes out every time I walked through the church. This morning, I want you to understand. I want you. To, I want to encourage you. Surrender to that feeling. Surrender to that feeling of conviction. That's what that tug at your heart is. And this morning, if that's you, I just want to give you the opportunity to pray this prayer after me. If everybody will, you bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you want to pray this prayer, I want you to pray after me. Say, God, I need you. I'm a sinner. I failed. I need a Savior. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose to life. And I believe that you're in heaven. You're going to come back one day. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being the Lord name I pray. Amen. And if that was you and you prayed that for the first time this morning or you prayed that this morning because you know you've just kind of not been doing right for a while. I understand what it's like to be there. But if you prayed that this morning, please let somebody know on your way out the door or on your way into the bridge this morning, let somebody know you prayed that prayer. And this morning maybe you're struggling with the call of God on your life. You're kind of like me. You feel that tug. This morning I encourage you to surrender. And I'm going to pray over you right now.
place of change, God. Use us to be your hands and your feet in this world, God. We love you, Lord. We're thankful for this opportunity that you have given us today to be together as your people, God. Now, I pray in the name of Jesus that you place a hedge of protection over every person, God, in this park. And I plead your blood over them, God. I pray that you keep them safe, God. I speak health over them. I speak health over their families, God. I speak health family, God. I pray that you would guide him and direct him, God, as he navigates through these, through these, through something that nobody's ever been through, God. Anoint him and give him guidance and direction, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for all that you are. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.